Hey everyone, it's Amber Love, and you're listening to Vodka O'Clock Podcast from AmberUnmasked.com. Today, my guest uh, returns is Jamal Igel, who um, is wonderful, and I love that I get to write into him a couple times a year because he's he's like so much fun to be around. So, Jamal, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, so, you know, we're usually pretty tame when we chat because it's, it's usually just like all good, fun, wholesome stuff. Right. Um, but I know that you're, you know, you're with Action Lab now, and um, and they do have a mature line. Right. So just a, a little little warning that once in a while the titles that we talk about might be not appropriate for you know certain audiences. Yes, and there may be occasionally cur- occasional cursing from my part. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, me too. Plus, it's Fleet Week. I just kind of curse <laughs> like a sailor, right? It's just a tradition. Sounds like a plan. Me, me every day. <laughs> I, it's yeah. I don't know where I got it from because I was I didn't grow up around that. Somehow I just picked it up. <laughs> oh. Ah, fuck it, by now. Uh. Yeah, really. Um. Uh, so, uh, what what is delighting your world these days? What is delighting my world these days, just in general, or because it's been like I was getting ready to tell you before we started recording. It this week especially has just been crazed because between you know penciling the Terminator for Dark Horse and you know today, for example, I was at my daughter's school helping her. Uh, she's doing her first talent show. Ooh. And she and she's singing, so you know, I was helping her rehearse, and you know they were doing a dress rehearsal, which is, you know, the best possible dress rehearsal you can have with a bunch of elementary school kids. So, <laughs> so yeah, so there's a, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, bored kids running around, you know, exasperated adults trying to get their goddamn attention. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So that was going on. But earlier this week, I was in Las Vegas at the Diamond Retailer Conference. I didn't even realize that. I, geez, how you know? I guess I miss it when it's not on the East Coast. Like I just don't pay attention. Yeah, this is the, apparently, from what I understand, this is the first time in quite a few years that they've had it outside of a convention, like being connected to an actual convention. Yeah, because it's you know sometimes it's it was like before Baltimore Comic Con, and then you would go right to the convention, right. and that was really cool. Right. So yeah, so I, I I winged my way out to Sin City and realized that I'm about 20 years too old for Las Vegas. Oh god! <laughs> wow. Last time I was actually in Las Vegas. <laughs> What's so was was the retailer convention productive? It was very productive. It was a different experience for me because I had to put on my marketing director hat and pitch to retailers and basically the way they had it set up was we had our booth and everybody had their booths and they sat about 20 chairs in front of us so it was sort of like speed dating where each group of retailers would come sit down in front of you and you would pitch your wares to them and pitch pitch your projects to them and the stuff that's coming up so it was, you know, after about the fourth group, because I was there with uh, Action Lab CEO Brian Seaton, and after about the fourth group, we started getting into a groove. You know, we were picking up each other's cues, and it, things were were moving along pretty much at pace. And then after the uh, initial 
there was like two 90-minute sessions. So it was sort of like boom, 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 lunch, boom, 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 boom dinner. <laughs> wow, that does sound like you would sort of just start speaking without real consciousness and just like, just, you know, I wonder, I, I always think, I wonder how like theater actors do their job like like after the eighth time <laughs> and you're saying the same line well i, I don't imagine i uh, you know with my acting background i you know it, it's not really that much different than you know having to run through a scene over and over again because you do actually improv after a while you can't say the same thing absolutely every time and when you're in that situation there are things that you're going to forget or things that you need to remind yourself or remind you know Brian or Brian needed to remind me of something and there were times where we where we ran maybe because there were 10 minute sessions so there were times where we ran a little bit early and we would look out in the audience and we'd ask questions, ask if anybody had questions. And they were all just kind of like, oh, no, that's, oh, we're, we're good. We're good. But uh, okay. I was going to say, I would expect it to sort of be like a little mini panel. Like they would they would ask questions afterwards. It, it is. In, in some in some groups they did and others they didn't. Um, but we gave them a really, I think, a really good overview of what we were doing especially as far as like the danger zone stuff and with the uh one of the announcements we made at the show was that uh ray anthony heights series midnight tiger which started as a mini series is now going to be an ongoing monthly series that's really cool uh, yeah, I've been um, connected with him on Twitter. A really great guy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I have not run. I have not had to deal with a single diva-ish attitude with any of the the creators, you know, connected to Action Lab. It's been really, really good. Well, you know, those M Theory guys are just drunk. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're too drunk to be diva. Sweetheart, we are all drunk. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. I just love it that their studio is like. Filled with scotch. <laughs> like, can I come work for you? <laughs> Whatever gets them through the day, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And they go and they're productive and they do these great events and you know they're, they're marvelous. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so it it, it was good. It was it was good. It was, and it's, it was a different experience for me because there were a, more than a few retailers who didn't make the connection. There were a couple who knew who I was, but right, didn't okay. make the connection because they thought I was just the sales guy. And I actually had a retailer do a double take, like pick up a copy of Molly Danger, look at the cover, and look at my badge, and just be like, no, really? It's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, you're wearing more than one hat. This, it's okay. It's true. I've, I've had to change my official title to uh, to, to the all the currently, from what I understand, all encompassing title of creative services specialist. Okay. Which is yeah, a, because I saw that you were you were monkeying around with like the business card design yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I was trying to, because after a while, it, it's kind of hard to say, well, let's see, I'm a penciler, anchor, colorist, I've done editorial, I'm a writer, <laughs> I do graphic design, I yeah. storyboards, concept designs, I've worked. 
that's how I feel too. <laughs> I've had people go, how do you want to be introduced? I'm like, oh dear God, just pick one. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, what works for this? Exactly, exactly. Which is, which is weird, especially like, for example, I did this job. I've done a couple of, uh, uh, of CS jobs recently, both for fairly large companies, one, one of them being Edelman Creative. And like the, the the guy that I knew who hired me for the Edelman job would like as I was there because I was there for the day and as I was there he'd bring over the comic book fans to talk to me. Nice. <laughs> so, it, was just, yeah. it was just kind of so it's like wow I didn't know you did this kind of stuff. I was like yep I've been doing this for about twenty four years. <laughs> I try, you know, it's so funny because when I go off to day jobs, I'm like, I try to spot the nerds. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, let's see, who has little figures on their desks, and you know, check out their the wallpaper of their computer. Right. It, it, it depends on where if you're there long enough, I think you could spot them. But it depends on where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so did you um did you do free comic book day? I did do somewhere? I did do free comic book day. I was at Wild Pig Comics in uh, Kenilworth actually for free comic book day. It was Oh, yeah. that was good. I I well I was down there right after um our friend Jamie D yeah. passed away. And uh it was right around it was free comic book day it was the day after. Right. So it was um it was one of those things where I I went down to free comic book day there. I like after doing mine at comic fusion, mm -hmm. I went down to wild pig and didn't get there till like eight o'clock. Oh, wow. I'm um, sure it was probably but, still going. <laughs> yeah, it was. They were gaming. Yeah. They were gaming. And it was, you know, there's always gaming. So, um, so it was just one of those like surreal things to see, you know, a couple of the guys from comic geek speak and, um, you know, the whole wild pig crew. Right. Um, because it was just like we just needed to be there. Right. I'm sure you felt the same way. I, I did. Was, I did. And I was, you know, if if I had not had to drive upstate to uh, to upstate New York to uh, to be with the family because we'd already had plans uh, for the weekend, I would have stayed longer than I did. But you know, the, everybody treated me well at Wild Pig. You know, and you know, I I I, I do miss Jamie. You know. I, you know, Jamie was. It didn't matter how long it had been between you know shows that we'd seen each other. We always took you know a good five or ten minutes to sit down and just talk one on one and catch up and you know to see you know how he's doing. And you know, when I found out, I was actually on my way home from a from my daughter's school and I was on the bus and I was flipping through my phone on Facebook and I forget who made the announcement. I think it was Shauna. I think Shauna was the one and it just sort of knocked the air out of me. It really did. Yeah. I, I, and I, I sort of had this, this, you know, shocking type of reaction when he'd been sick for so many years right. and well, we all knew. I mean, we we had that opportunity to prepare ourselves, and yet it, you're not. You're not prepared. No, like I went. You're never really prepared. I you're think. never really prepared. I mean, I even went out to see him because I'm I'm much more drivable right. to Reading than you are, and um, I so I was out there like a few days 
before he passed away and in the hospital room and Ian and, you know, a couple of the other New York guys came out right. and it was, you know, it was like this great moment where every day he was surrounded by people who, who loved and cared about him. No, uh, that's good to know that, that really, I mean, I did see the picture that, uh, yeah. that they took in his room. Um, yep. but it is good to know. I mean, that's, I think ultimately that's the way you really want to have it. I think that's, if you know when when I go, I I pray that I've I've done you know that I was as gregarious and as good a person as I I would hope that I was that I would be in the end that I would be surrounded by my loved ones that way. It, it, I'm sure it meant the world to have everybody there. That could make oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, I I don't think he was feeling a thing. Yeah. I don't think he was feeling any any bit of pain at all no. because he was um, you know, well medicated. And you know that's always a concern I think for anybody. Yeah. Nobody wants to to feel pain. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, I mean it was it was definitely you know a rough time because you know the the shows and this the community of. CGS and Wild Pig and it's it's global. Oh yeah, and that that and that's the thing about that show, you know, yeah. and those guys is this is a community that they built. This isn't something that they inherited. This is something that that started with Brian and Peter and extended to all the other guys, and it you know, and it's still going strong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know, and it's just it's brought. the really important people into, into my life. And that's something that I sort of wanted to talk about regarding podcasting. And I just didn't, uh, I don't know. I just never really drafted that post and I didn't (laughs) have the opportunity to really talk to anybody about it. Um, But the fact that you were there for free comic book day uh, and then I got there later, it was just, this is, this is the moment, you know, where I want to say, it's like, Hey, we're just, you know, we're folks that came together because of something, Um, you know, like I know you because of that show. I know Mike Norton because of that show. I know, you know, like Dave Wachter and JK Woodward because of that show. Um, You know, these are like the most important people in my life. So, um, you know, it's, you know, comics has all done that. No, that's true. That's true. And it's, it's, you know, it, it's wonderful to see, you know, it's it's nice to have the that type of, you know, psychological and emotional refuge where you're with like-minded people and you know that there is enough camaraderie that you can joke with each other and you can have, have those, those types of really deep, in-depth conversations where you can disagree and where you can argue and you know at the end of the day that it's not personal. You're all passionate, passionate about something. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things where because every... You know, you have your different kinds of fans like that, where you have people that can be passionate and argumentative, and then you have people like Sean Pryor, who you know, who you worked right. with, and it's like you get Sean, and there is—I don't think there's a more zen <laughs> person in comics today. 
Then I, I was just like, I, you can just listen to Sean's voice, or you can just look at his Twitter feed. No, Sean, Sean is, a, is a very positive cat. I've I've had a lot of conversations with Sean. I've I've and I've been privy to the times when Sean has lost his shit. But even when, that's awesome because you know, I can't even imagine. Oh, it's, it's even, rare. It, it really is rare. But at the same time, it's like when he gets pissed, it's epic. It really. Is. Cause I was like, I made sure like he and he and John Carroll like went off to zone. They're always going to like marathon race things, healthy stuff. Yeah, that yeah, those... yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, Sean. I'm like, and then they went off to Appleseed. Yeah. I'm like, just bring him, just bring John back in one piece. <laughs> I'm like you're the you're the babysitter today. Because <laughs> uh, we've had some good CGS super shows. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We have. So you know I... that with you know. With everything that that has gone on, you know, that things will—I don't think any things will ever be the same. But you know, hopefully, you know, there will be—you know—they won't—they won't let go of what they have. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, did you go up to Appleseed too? No, 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 no. I—I okay. I don't think I've ever been to the the Appleseed show. It's. I've done so far this year where we were May, including the Diamond Show. I've done six appearance six appearances so far this year. That's pretty respectable. Yeah, I, and I have a bunch more to go. I Connecticut, and now it looks like I'm going. I'm going to Toronto, and I might be going doing this. I'm going to San Diego and. Uh, New York for NYCC and going to uh, Tacoma, Washington in November. And yeah, there's just there's just a there's a bunch of stuff. So, so you bring up you mentioned New York. Are you interested in what um, Reed Pop is doing with this June show? This basically taking just Artist Alley and having a show and panels and stuff specifically about comics. Here, well, here's the thing about that show, which is I would have been interested. Had one it not been scheduled against Cliff Galbraith's show, uh, the the New York Comic Fest in uh, in White Plains and Eternal Con out on Long Island, and I think there's one other show that weekend as well. Well, I and a week before uh, a week before Philly, a week before Philly, a week before Heroes Con. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I've heard when I heard that it was scheduled the same time as Eternal, I was like, "Uh oh." Yeah. I was like, I know that Eternal is a big draw for the cosplay community. Right. So that's out on Long Island for anybody that's listening. Um, so I was like, "Geez, I guess I know all my cosplay friends will be at Eternal Con." But um, when I was chatting with them on Facebook, it seems like people are going to try to do like one day at one show and one day at the other. Which is show. expensive, considering like yeah. two of those shows are twenty dollars a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, and it's New York, and it's New York, I mean, and it's New York. You know, you know, I, you know, obviously, I have no problem with it being New York, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure they're obviously, all... <laughs> yeah, because you could just go home, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, so I and it's, it's a good idea. It, I'm excited about it, it because I do think it's a really good idea. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also my mother's birthday is on the 14th. Oh, and. The fourteenth is also Father's Day. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I think actually. Give, 
Well, if it's not, it's either the 14th or 15th because it's either a Saturday or Sunday. Right, right. Um, that's okay. My dad's present will be me not being around. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Happy yeah, Father's no, Day. Yeah, you don't have to deal it, with me. It's that, it's, it's that Sunday, the 15th. So. Okay. Yeah. So. No, I don't think I'm gonna do. I don't think I'm gonna do anything. I actually, you know, especially if I'm going to be. You know, going out to San Diego, you know, I don't think I need to be, to squeeze another show in. Yeah, if, and the fact... Even if it is in my backyard. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a little... It's it's a little competitive of itself. Right. Like, do you want to invest your money into the big show in October? Do you want to invest your money into a June show, more um, focused comics, indie-based right. or whatever? I mean, I don't know. I uh, I think of it as indie based, but they just announced that they're, that Marvel will be there and have a booth. Marvel's which is, actually they're going to have a booth. They're, they're going to actually have a booth, like have a presence and a booth. Isn't that sort of like the antithesis of what they were saying they wanted to do with this? I, I don't know. They, they specifically they wanted it to be about comics. Right. So I'm kind of I'm kind of cool if Marvel's there. You know, I think that's awesome. More more panels and stuff. Right. Uh, I DC didn't even didn't even have a booth at the last big. Yeah, show. this is true. <laughs> well. No, I, they, they they had their 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 designated tables at Artist Alley this year. Oh, last year, and then yeah. they had the the Superman costume display that was tucked on the far side. Of, I never, I couldn't find it. You know where it was? You know the the Thirty Fourth Street entrance. Yeah. Over, over on Eleventh, it was downstairs where they used to hold Anime Expo. Uh, it was on that on that that first landing going down the escalators. Oh, okay. Like all the way on the far side, and they didn't tell it because originally, I saw pictures of it. I'm like, I know it's here somewhere. Yeah, but originally, uh, if I remember correctly, at least from the press release that I read, was they were going to have the costumes displayed all over the the show floor instead of like all lined up in a row the way that they. Had. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, because you know, and it's interesting because it, I mean, it was it's one of those things because um, when Marvel did that with the Iron Man armor, right? It was like hugely popular. It, it I mean, was I don't know if it was impressive the way they did. It. They had the Hall of Armors; it was all lit up. It was in the middle of the show floor. It was, you know, yeah. it, it was it was a it's an impressive display. This was just sort of like okay, let's put them all in glass cases. Like let's let's not like do something fancy. Let's not like put like faux you know Superman movie crystals around everything to make it look cool or you know have like different like or they you know they could have had like different models of Superman spaceship from the various shows like displayed with the costumes. You know just put you know put a little more effort into it. Yeah, I don't know what going on that they sort of wrote that show off i mean i know that they're you, you i'm sure know more about it than i do but i know that they moved a lot of their offices and staff or whatever to california and there's job postings that i saw today that the comic seat uh heidi mcdonald posted mm-hmm. that there's that dc is hiring all these california positions yeah they're they've i've actually been to the burbank office they they're there are people still in the transition to moving there are people who have already made the move people that i know who are making the move um, that I've had conversations with who are who are going to make the move, and but a lot of people are not going to make the move because you know you're uprooted unless you feel like yeah. you know. You, you, so it, I mean, if 
if you're, your life is in New York, then your life is in New well, York or wherever. That's the thing. Like, do you know Sarah Litt? No. Sarah used to – Sarah. I worked with Sarah. Sarah was uh, was uh, Kwanzaa Johnson's assistant when I was doing The Ray with Jimmy Palmiotti. And I actually knew Sarah before that because she used to be a, a assistant editor at Vertigo. And Sarah made the move to Burbank a couple of years back. And then after about you know six months or so, just said, you know, screw this, I'm coming back. And now she's back in Jersey. You know, it, it's I've you know as somebody who has who has done it, like I did move to Los Angeles after after spending most of my life on the East Coast. It didn't work for me. And you know, not if you are you know, I, I've spoken to a lot of. You know, East Coast people who have tried to make that transition. California is a very different kind of beast. I I know. I it's one of those things because um, there's there's a couple comic book companies mm-hmm. that are that are out there like Boom and uh, IDW right. and I I would love to make that move um, if there was a reason to. First of all, mm-hmm. but I. I don't. I don't know that I could adjust, and I don't know that I could be away from, you know, from my people here. Right. My folks are here on a New Jersey. They're never going to leave New Jersey. Right. Um, you know, and it's like I think there's parts, there's things about California that sounds so appealing to me. Like I think I would do much better food wise and health wise, maybe because you, you I'm, think so. <laughs> I would think so, but I mean, because pretty much all I eat right now are like bagels um, <laughs> because i'm like i'm vegetarian and i'm starting to be allergic to like so much stuff uh, that there's like all the stuff i love i can't even eat anymore I have, so it's I like have uh, recently uh, I, I started another diet and i have recently given up uh uh like any like most carbs like most, yeah i know that you were you were tinkering around with different options yeah i've i've given up that's all I live on is carbs. Yeah, that, like uh, so did I, and I didn't realize like how much of my diet because I I love I love my rice, I love my potatoes, I love my bread, yeah. you know. And I and I started to you know after it's been about a month since I started my diet, and it's been at first it was very very hard. Like I haven't had a slice of pizza in a month. Yeah, I I mean, I've giving up when I gave up dairy, like people were like, oh, how hard was it to give up meat? I'm like, giving up meat was nothing compared to giving up cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there there was just nothing like the fact that I I couldn't just go get a slice of pizza. You know, it's it's one of those things where you don't realize it. Yeah, no, it's very it's very daunting, especially once you start to realize, like, because I, I did Atkins at first. I'm not doing Atkins anymore because it's just way, it's way too severe. It's way too extreme. Um, but, you know, doing Atkins, you start to realize, like, because everything has sugar in it. And, you know, complex carbs get turned into sugar. And, it, you know, and there's high fructose corn syrup in everything. And, you know, it, it just reduces your your options for food basically to, like, meat and dairy for the most part. And even then, like, you know, it's hard cheese and not much else. <laughs> so, right. So. Yeah, well- that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, we have like, you know, here it, with like our vegetation and stuff, mm-hmm. we get, you know, maybe like June to 
maybe October. Okay. We have like a really good harvest season of like fresh vegetables. Right. <laughs> so it's like, all right, where can I eat food all year round? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still feel like a pioneer. Uh, like, okay, get my root vegetables and get them in the root cellar. <laughs> There are there are worse things in the world, but yeah, it, it's it's it, I, I I forgot the point I was going to make. <laughs> oh, about the West Coast. Oh, about the yeah, West Coast. And adjusting. Yeah, yeah, so adjusting to the West Coast. Adjusting to the West Coast, at least for me, was very was it's a very difficult transition because I was it was the first time that I had been that far away from any kind of support system, you know, as far as like family and friends. I was terribly homesick the entire time. And I was there. And it's not that I didn't meet people. It's not that I didn't, you know, make friends with people and people that I still talk to. But, it, you know, you being a, a guy from, from New York City who up until that point hadn't really driven a lot. I learned to drive at 26, um, which is, I know a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, 26? Who <laughs> waits until 26 to that's, get their driver's life? <laughs> yeah, but that's a New York yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, out here, I hear we're starting to like take lessons at 15 and 16. Right, right, because, right. Like, I didn't have you know, drivers at in high school. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, uh, so you know, I didn't have that, that experience. So, you know, of course, you're driving anywhere. And then, like, the first the year that I was out there, like, I knew people, but I was really, really sort of still kind of feeling things out and still you know, fairly uncomfortable. I mean, I know, I, you know, anybody who's met me at a convention, well, you know, tends to think that I, that I am, you know, just naturally gregarious all the time. But I, I do have my moments of just shyness, and I have a, it takes me a while to warm up to people. So... You know, it took me a while to really warm up to people. And then, and at the time, especially, I didn't cook. So I was eating, and I lived in, like, I lived basically in downtown uh, Culver City, which at the time was was not as nice as it is now, apparently, from what I've, I've been told from uh, friends of mine who live out there. And it was surrounded, like, Venice Boulevard was nothing but fast food joints for miles. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I would watch stuff like you know, like Anthony Bourdain right. or any of those food shows, and it was always about like about the junk food, about the food trucks mm-hmm. or the hot dogs. But, and but this was this was the you know two thousand, so we didn't even have that many. Like the food trucks were literally the roach coaches. <laughs> oh yeah, not not like the no, gourmet yeah. that it is today. Yeah, that didn't start like, that didn't start popping up until a long time after I moved from Los Angeles. And even I think it probably would have been even worse had I been around. <laughs> I know, where like the quality is so different. Like I have I have not seen one of these like, you know, like vegan food trucks that I hear about. Or, you know, like big gay ice cream truck that's out there in New York. Oh, yeah, no, I've, I've seen a big gay ice cream truck. I've seen that they, they had a, uh, uh, a festival here in Prospect Park a couple of weeks ago. So they had like Criff Dogs and then like big gay ice cream and then like, cool. and then like the Philly cheesesteak truck that I've seen in a couple, seen around. And then, yeah. So, you know, so it's, so it's out here. And then, you know, of course, then you've got like the, even like the super, fancy like burger trucks that are in midtown and that sort of thing so but none of that stuff existed you know when i when i lived in los angeles when i lived in los angeles i i was working at sony 
and the 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 Mexican guys and the Roach coach would pull up in front of the office and wouldn't leave at like eleven and wouldn't leave till three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, because there's nothing else that animators can do except uh, draw and eat. <laughs> Keep them chained to their desk. Exactly. You know, you don't want them to go too far. You know, make sure there's food around. Well, that's what it sounds like, um, like a TV writer's room oh, yeah. is like. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. like that their their hours are so insane and it's sort of like they never leave and they have no life. And like if you ever go out there to, and your dream is to be a writer – just don't even consider like don't even ha- you can't even have a plant. Not don't even not a, don't even think about goldfish at this point. Like you can't even do plants. I purpose, because I purposely got an apartment that was less than a mile away from from uh, Adelaide, which was uh, Sony's Sony's animation arm, and I it it becomes sort of like its own little microcosm because they would have like Friday night game like video game night and. People are hanging out and like having pizza parties and you know having not having been a freelancer most of my career and I've had rare spots where I've been in corporate situations like that, but not on that level, like not that level of intimacy. Like everybody knew what everybody else was doing, and, and it wasn't something that I was used to. So okay. you know my my inherent shyness kind of kept me away from really getting to know anybody while I was at Sony, and I really wasn't there that long comparatively because I was only I was there for about six months, and then I went to work for Marvel, and then I was working at home again, and then it was and then the loneliness and the the depression and everything else started to get to me again and then finally i just said you know fuck it i gotta get back to new york i can't do this anymore well that's you know it's interesting how some of the the publishers you know still have that that tradition of people going into the bullpen Mm -hmm. and stuff and and the other ones don't and i know um like action lab you guys are all over the place yeah we are a scattered crew although the company is based out of pittsburgh Right. I know this. I know that in the press releases, it'll say Pittsburgh. Right. And I'm like, OK, well, I know Chad's there. Right. And- Chad's there. Brian's there. I, you know, I hear rumor of one or two other principals actually making the move there. So, yeah, Pittsburgh's got a good comic community. Yeah. yeah. It's getting stronger every day. Yeah. It's, you know, it's especially indie heavy yeah. there. Um, it's a really like supportive area. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's not necessarily the most fun place to drive. <laughs> Just my own two cents. Okay. <laughs> I forgot you lived there for a while, right? I lived there, lived there a little while, yeah. and you know, I don't. I'm just. I I I live in a really different place. Like when I came back here mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh, I was so used to this. I, I got used to this like crazy city driving, uh, which is like not going over 20 miles an hour. Right. Um, <laughs> that when I got back here where it's just like long stretches of farm road, <laughs> I was driving too slow <laughs> all the time. And I, and it's just like, I, you know, I get on out here on the roads and people are doing like nine miles an hour right. and, and it's like, it, you know, I'm like getting honked at and I'm getting passed on double yellow lines all the time. <laughs> I'm like, just stop. Just leave me alone. I just don't want to hit a deer. <laughs> I hit, there were three today that I just slammed on my brakes for. Right. 
I'm like, no, really. You don't have to go so fast. Well, you know, but here you can trade it off for living in New York where hardly anybody actually knows how to drive. I know. Like, I, you know, I had a cra- – living in Los Angeles is a crash course in driving. Like, I, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert driver, but you spend enough time driving on the L.A. freeway, you it, – it, it's, you know, best I, see, I just training. Think, <laughs> I expect a city right. to have their shit together more, <laughs> to, like, have, have, you know, like, trains and stuff, <laughs> and a and apparently, all I hear about about LA is that it takes three hours to get anywhere. <laughs> well, it, it, it does, and there is a train. There is a train, and it, they keep expanding it. But it, it frightens me because you know I'm still waiting for the big one to hit. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, we have a train. We have a train that comes like once a day. Uh, it comes at like a certain time in the morning. Right. It takes people as far, uh, you know, straight line a few stops and then to New York, right. and then it returns at night. Right. So if you've missed the train, you've missed it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, I like, all these when all these people are just like, "Come over to New York. Let's just go have some drinks." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, do you know how hard that is?" <laughs> Well, it have to say, and in your defense, driving to New York is not really an option unless you've got one hundred and fifty dollars to drop on parking. And that's and that's what I usually do, just because I feel a little bit safer. Right. Like I know that I can get out. Right. Because I've been stuck there, where the ferry stops running, and then you have to wait an hour. Right. Or the, the the train stops running. Everything sort of oh, shut no, down. I've been, I've been there. I I went out. Oh. I went out to. Uh, to to Jersey after New York Comic Con last year because that's where uh, some of the Action Lab guys were staying, and I had just missed the last ferry to Manhattan, so I had to call a cab and have a cab drive yeah. me back to Midtown. Yep. <laughs> the one time that I got that that I got stuck, it was so I it was so pathetic mm-hmm. because at this point, I, people, I mean, people don't believe my story. Right. Like, no, really. Like, I can be lost anywhere. And the way that I had gotten into Manhattan that day was through the ferry at Weehawken, which takes you right to the Javits Center. Right. And when I missed it, you know, I'll take this as a sheer matter of minutes, um, you know, I ended up seeing, I think, Kevin McGuire in a bar. Right. And he, at the time, was living in Jersey City. So he's like, oh, okay, well, here's what we'll do. And he managed to, like, get my dopey lost ass <laughs> to the PATH train, okay. which is a totally different part of the city, right. over to his place in Jersey City. And then there's some kind of other train that goes from there up to Weehawken. Right. And this was this is like hours. This is an adventure. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening. Well, don't feel bad. Anytime I drive into Jersey, I get lost. I get I I get turned around at least once. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's because we don't we don't uh, normally allow people to make left hand turns. Uh, there we go. That that explains um, a lot. <laughs> and then a couple of times. When you are allowed to, it's just to fuck you up because you're like, okay, I'm over here on the right. I'm over here on the right. I'm going to take the jug handle. Nope, it's actually a left hand turn. No, I mean I have missed exits 
<laughs> oh yeah. Well, they're renumbered. I think they renumber them every year for fun. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> it's just I, Governor Christie. If, if I if I may tirade for a moment. Okay, go ahead. I mean, we all know that there's like almost none of the Hurricane Sandy aid has been distributed no. at this point. And he's in this Bridgegate scandal that he apparently had nothing to do with, but all of his cohorts somehow shut down the George Washington Bridge and, you know, caused all of these traffic problems. I was coming home one day on Route 80, which is just a regular old interstate, you know, it's whatever. It's big. And it's got the the Pennsylvania to New York traffic. Mm-hmm. And I go to take my exit. And it's shut down Ooh. at rush hour oh. to fix potholes from the snowplow. Oh, jeez. Because they couldn't do that at night when they fixed all of the other potholes. They had to do it at 530. <laughs> because they don't want to pay overtime. That's why. Yeah. I'm just like, you've got to be joking. Like, this cannot be a real thing. Uh, you know, it's those are the things that we go through. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I did in traffic before Twitter. Right. <laughs> now I sit there. And I sit there and I sit there and I'm on Twitter. Right. And people are just like, you shouldn't be texting while driving. I'm like, I'm not right. driving. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not a multitasking skill set here. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I've n- I have yet to escape successfully. Uh, there, so, there will come a time. Don't worry, you'll be okay. Yeah, there, there will be. <laughs> there, def- there definitely will be. I'm glad to hear that Action Labs got some got some Pittsburgh activity yeah. because it is it is just such a fun town. Um, and uh, what's going on? Catch me up on some of the titles though, because I know that like it's uh. Like Skyward is is doing really well. That uh, yeah, Skyward's so Skyward's doing well. Skyward's kicking all kinds of ass. Um, we've got the the next issue of Skyward that we just solicited for August is going to have a variant cover by Darwin Cook of all people. Oh, okay, you, because the Phil the Phil Noto cover. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, <laughs> like at this point, I'm like, oh my god. Exactly. Well, you know, if, if there's one thing that you know we can do at Action Lab is we can call in favors, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a good thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we we've got Skyward, we've got you know, uh, shoot, I mean, well, well, I know Princeless is doing like an anthology section. Well, or yes, Princeless is actually good. Is actually we had a, a sort of an issue with the artist that was going to do the the uh, the third volume of Princeless, and we had to hire a, Jeremy had to hire a new artist, and that that new artist is actually redrawing the the first issue. So we're going to resolicit Princeless at a later time with a with the new artist attached. So we've got Princeless, we've got Skyward, we've we've got Hero Cats which is debuting in August. I'm really excited for yeah. Hero Cats. So it's Hero And it came out at the perfect time, <laughs> literally days before YouTube got its own Hero Cat. Right. The Hero Cat that saved the little boy from the the raging dog. Absolutely. If, if I had like had it not gone viral viral immediately the way that it has I would have tracked that guy down and got like 
found a way to license that footage and turn exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, who has this? Because there's Action Cat, there's Hero Cat. Right. I'm like, there, you know, I'm like, somebody is going to be after this. Absolutely. So we've got that. We've got Bo Plushy Gangsta, which has been doing really, really well, and that's by a, a Russian creator named uh, Pavel Bobonov. I'm hoping I say that it's Pavel. I'm so sorry if I butchered your name again. We know Pavel. We got Pavel right. Yes, yes. We got, uh, you know, and then we've got the trades that are coming out. We got Fracture, the Fracture, which just finished its second volume by uh, Sean Gabarin and Chaz Coney, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you're not familiar with Fracture. Fracture is the story of this guy named Jeff who is a, a multiple personality. And every time he has a new fracture, he creates a, a different personality. The problem is, is two of his personalities are, the, are Tri-On City's greatest superhero and also its greatest supervillain. So, okay, so it's like when he's sort of blacking out, he, he's trying to track down like his other half. Right. Well, not even that he's trying to. It's, it's very – the way that it's done, is, it's – pretty brilliant actually the the way that that Sean and Chad set the whole thing up because in the second volume what happens is virtue who is the hero jeff creates a clone body for virtue's personality as one habit and virtue has all of jeff's positive attributes but none of his patience or his temperament so virtue's basically gone insane okay cuz i got i i remember the first volume right um, so, okay, so there's another volume out. Right, there's another volume out that, that's coming out. Uh, we just wrapped up Jack Hammer, which is sort of a noir. I love that book. Oh, holy hell do I love that book. That's like my favorite book of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, uh, we wrapped up the Final Plague, and there's going to be a new Final Plague series coming out very, very soon. Um, we've got uh, Itty Bitty Bunnies and Rainbow Pixie Candyland, the first issue which just came out this past week. <laughs> That just that looks like uh, an Adult Swim cartoon it, or something. It is fucking insane. It really is. It is. It is. I have not laughed that hard in a comic in a very long time. And Dean Rankine, who's the creator of Itty Bitty Bunnies, who's also done like The Simpsons and for Bongo and just a bunch of a, like Mad Magazine in Australia and just a bunch of other stuff. Is he's a funny fucking guy and it's just you know an absolute genius. You know, just a very different, you know, I don't even think in that territory. Like, my my sense of humor is much drier. Than yeah, mine, I don't, I, it's, I don't understand how people do that either. No, like, no, I just, no. I don't get it. Absolutely. Like, um, you know, like, even the My Little Pony stuff, I'm like, how do you people do this? Like, just how? It's a, very, it's a very specific mindset. Well, you know, let's segue in from My Little Pony to Vamplets, which is... Oh yeah, by Gil Middleton, who also designed My Little Pony and a little pet yeah. shop. And then I just found out that she did the uh, the, the the Disney Palace pets designs. She did those yeah. too. But you know, it's going from super cutesy, and you know, she's done stuff for Spielberg. She's worked with Tim Burton. She goes from like the super cutesy stuff to the vamplet stuff, which is adorable in its own right. But you know, it's. It's my kind of horror. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it's gothic. It's the only kind of horror I can, I can deal <laughs> right, with. Right, it's very it's gothic like, and very, you know. Adorable. Yes, exactly. So, 
And and there you know and because Dave Dave Dwange is on there, Bill Blankenship. Yeah. It's like there's a stink bug that doesn't stink in there. No. So and he's Amanda like Nato, who's who's the artist, is a sweetheart and incredibly talented illustrator. Just you know, and, such uh, a great book. Yeah, yeah. This this is this has been. And the toys. And the toys. Well, yeah, you know, we, we 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 do we do cute with the toys. The the, the pamphlets, dolls are, do really really well for us. We we another thing that we announced at uh at the the diamond show is that we picked up the license for a Norwegian toy line that's going to be a Toys R Us exclusive for three months called Soft Spots. And it's it's basically for the My Little Pony crowd. It's these tiny little plastic dogs, and there's like six different dogs and multiple versions of that dog. So it's sort of like remember when we were kids and they had the the Smurfs. They first brought the Smurfs over. Uh huh. Basically the same yeah. kind the same kind of thing. But they, there's play sets and this thing's this thing's huge. And um, in, in in Europe, and we're going to be doing a the those toys the toys will be available through Diamond, but they're at their they're exclusive for Toys R Us. There's going to be TV commercials. Um, we, you know, there's going to be TV commercials on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. There's you know we're doing a tie-in comic activity book that's going to come out in October. That's going to be advertised on television on the, the TV commercials. It's 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 a big deal. It's it's a big deal. This is a, a huge huge. Step. That sounds like an an insane evolution of Action Lab because like I mean. Things sort of like shot out of like PKD media, right. like you know, it was just like all these guys that I know somehow coming together, and we're like, this is what we're gonna do. Well, this, yeah. and next, These, the, and now it's <laughs> this, this. Now it's this. It's, oh my god! It's, it's a confluence of elements, you know. It, it's you know, you, you put the right pieces together, and things just start to work. But everybody works extremely hard at at what they're doing, you know. Every, you know, we we all take it very very seriously, and you know, it's part of the reason why I decided to join the company in the first place was I saw what they were doing, and I knew. I saw the potential. It's the reason why I brought Molly to uh, to Action Lab in the first place. It's because I I knew that these guys were going somewhere, and I wanted to be a part of it. Now, what is the? Um, I'm not sure. This might be a more of a Brian question than than for you, <laughs> but um, but since, since you have Molly Danger there, and you ran a Kickstarter, right. But published, you know, with. Action Lab. I know Vamplets did a similar sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They had they had a Kickstarter as well. Right. So, what responsibility is there? Like a standard, or is every project different? But like, I'm wondering what the responsibility is of the publisher. Every project is handled different. Every contract is handled differently depending on yeah. how the the books are financed and you know who's bringing what to the table. And then after the you know the uh, the initial financing is figured out and structured then we structure the rest of the contract around that like for example because i paid for half the the print run it wasn't as much of a heavy burden on action labs part okay so you know that uh, that helped in the negotiations as well so you know every contract is handled differently but one of the things that we offer as a company is that Depending on the creator, we we also offer representation for other media. Okay. So you know, for for a small percent, for for a small like agency fee, basically. Okay. 
Um, what, so what other of the titles? Because like I mean, Vamplitz is huge, right? And um, Soft Spots is going to be huge too. Soft Spots is going to be huge. Um, so you know, what do you? What's the approach for stuff that's not cutesy for the you know either you know T plus right? Well, say, lines like what, what's going on like. As far as like, is there is there an outreach beyond the comics? No, there's absolutely an outreach beyond the comics, and and it, it's really sort of taking, you know, every opportunity to do cross promotion. Like for example, we're relaunching Zombie Tramp with a third volume. We have a brand new artist, T.M. Chu, um, Dan Mendoza, who's the original creator of Zombie Tramp, is going to be co-writing the book with Jason Martin, who's also coloring and editing the book. Um, we're relaunching the, the first issue uh, with a with a series of covers, one by Jerry Gaylord, one by T.M. Chu, one by Josh Howard, and then I'm, I did a retailer exclusive color cover, where the uh, retailer, if you order 250 copies, the retailer can get their name on the cover of the book. Okay. So, uh, and we're you know we're we're investigating any and all opportunities. It's a little bit more difficult with the danger zone stuff. It's not impossible. You know, you just have to find the right audience and the and the 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 right uh, licensing partners to who want to get involved with certain books. Um, one of the other books that we're launching in August is a book called First Hero which is by a, a writer named Anthony Rutgazer and uh, an artist named Philip, Philip Sevy with covers by Lee Motor of Wonder Woman fame and of uh, Shinku fame. And I also did a cover for that, <laughs> an alternate cover for that. Sure, that's why your, your business card is it's the size of a bumper sticker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, first hero... It's about a, a a marine who, while he's in Afghanistan being tortured, discovers that he has superhuman powers. The problem is, is that everybody in their world who gains superpowers immediately goes insane. So he's the first one who's kind of holding on to his insanity. His not his insanity, holding on to his sanity at least for the time being. Well, I know that's what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what you know we're gonna use as my <laughs> perfectly so yeah so so you know we we I think one of the things that makes action lab one of the the better companies and i don't I don't want to say better better is a wrong word because my my big thing is that I feel like every company in this industry is in this together. You know, sink or swim. It's a, yeah, it's a big enough sandbox. Right, exactly. But what ma- what sets us apart is the fact that our line of comics runs the gamut from from small children with stuff like pamphlets and you know soft spots all the way up to Final Plague and First Hero and Zombie Tramp. You know, and there's no there's no disconnect between the two. You know, we we treat them all equally. We treat every book equally. We treat every creator equally. No one has any more importance in the company than any other creator who's bringing their project to us. And it's very important for me as the marketing director 
you know, my, my one rule is to promote everyone's book the same way that I promote myself. The energy that I put into my, my promotion when I promote myself, it's the same energy that I give to every other book and the same energy that I give, the same attention that I give to everybody else's book. Well, the, the feeling that I get as, you know, come from the, the press and consumer side is that it feels like a team. Oh, absolutely. Where, absolutely. Uh, you know, like if I shoot out a question like on Twitter through email or something, I know somebody's going to get back to me. Right. And it might be a different person. Right. But it's usually like it, it's usually going to be you. But sometimes I'll just hear like directly from a creator who sees it, mm. you know, and that's like it really does feel like that there's a whole team involvement. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. You know, and I know and I know that if I've got like some kind of question where I'm like, hey, I just really don't know. I can, you know, like I can just shoot somebody a message. It's it's a very we we try to keep things as close as possible. We have weekly, you know, bi-weekly meetings about on the marketing end, on the public, you know, once a month we'll all have what we call an all hands call where all of the, the upper management of the company gets together on the call and hashes out whatever issues aren't hashed out in either the, the marketing meeting or the publishing meeting. And I try to make sure, at least on my end, that everybody is aware of what I'm doing and who I'm approaching and what creators I'm dealing with because everybody has different issues. And I don't want to step on anybody's toes in case somebody else is working on something with, with a certain person. Yeah, and it's just... Um like people have different ideas and backgrounds, you know, it can just, you never know where the next right thing is going to come from. Exactly. Exactly. You never know what's going to, to take off, what's going to be, what's going to do well. Um, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot and it's hard. It is, a, it is a small market and you know, it, 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 okay. It's, it's a small market compared to other forms of entertainment, but it, there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of money to be made within the comics market, obviously. You know, um, right. it, it's how you, know, you treat it. And for a company the size of Action Lab, because Action Lab is, is, has a relatively small staff, but – you know, we've been around for almost five years. Next year will be our fifth, fifth year anniversary, and we're already planning, you know, what we're going to be doing for year five, and you know, our promotion for year for our fifth year anniversary, and you know, something that we will be announcing uh, sometime early next year, in, as far as as far as like new titles and new initiatives, and you know, just taking that next leap forward. Well, I know that at some point I'm expecting an Action Lab Expo the way that they have Image Expo. <laughs> <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, babe. <laughs> because that's just, you know, the thing that's in my head. Yeah. It would be it would be nice. It, it, it would be nice. I think that, you know, the level of diversity we have, we could pull that off. And, I, and there's, you know, and I'm constantly, like, you know, fielding you know, you know, bigger, uh, bigger name creators, like people that I, that I know, you know, people who, who, you know, if you're in the bar at a certain time and I go, you know, I've got this idea for this thing. And I go, well, you know what, 
we've got a home for you if you want to bring it. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's so you know because of the the range of people that I interact with on Twitter. There's people you know at my level starting out, and then there's people you know sort of middle ground, and then there's the guys like Jimmy Palmiotti. Right. You know, there you know it's like I know this broad range of people and when somebody's like god i've got you know this thing and i don't know where to pitch at this point right just like okay well here's my top three suggestions oh, no absolutely and, absolutely. you know action lab's always in there so yes, thank you i appreciate it and, and here's and this is you know nothing nothing against you know image comics for example but right now image comics is they're concentrating on their big guns. They're concentrating on Brian Hitch and Grant Morrison and and Chris Roberson. Well, no, Chris is monkey brain. Never mind. Chris is awesome. Monkey brain is awesome. I love monkey brain books. Yeah, I love monkey I, brain. I love that was, monkey in fact, brain. one of the ones that I mentioned in the tweet yeah. with Action Lab. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, you know what I'm saying. They're, they're, they are concentrating on the guys who, for whatever personal reasons, have left Marvel and DC to do their own thing, which which is fine, you know. And we welcome those guys at Action Lab as well. But Image is not looking at a Jeremy Holt, for example. Yeah. Or if they are, they don't. They're not going to give him the same consideration that they would give. Which is interesting because like Jeremy was so connected with Image, you know, sort of like to begin with, right. And things change, you know. Things change, yeah. Things change, and whatever, you know. And you know, like Ryan Lindsay, you got. It's like you know that these guys sort of like shift from where they were and just find, you know, they find the path that works for them. Right. And sometimes it means like sort of like finding a new target for their projects. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know. You know, we're we are a large enough company that we can bear the the financial burden, but we're a small enough company that we are still willing to take those kinds of risks. Yeah, so Jeremy's Southern Dog is going to be coming. Yes, Southern, the Southern Dog is shipping first issue shipping in August. Um, let's see what else is coming out in August. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> I should know it off the top of my head, off the top of my head, but it's been a long week. Um, so we've got right. Hero Cats, which you know the best way that I can describe it, it's sort of the JLA meets Cats versus Dogs. It's about a, a tactical team of actual cats who protect the world from aliens and monsters, and it's very cool and it's very cute. Um, you know, we've got. Zombie Tramp, which is returning. This is the, the third series. The first two volumes are in trade. To so, if you're interested, and all of our titles are available through Comicsology as well, through uh, uh, some uh, some straight, some guided view. Um, let's see what else is coming. What else is coming out in August? Uh, Skyward, which is the which with Darwin Cook cover. Uh, give me a second while I vamp. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. So, <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of really good stuff. Was uh, so we got the blow the yeah, the blow the bow plushy gangsta trade <laughs> paperback. We've got itty bitty bunnies in Rainbow Pixie Candyland save Xmas number one, which is the second issue technically of Itty Bitty Bunnies. We've got uh, Midnight Tiger number two. We've we've got oh, 
I forgot to mention, I would be remiss in mentioning Martheus Wade's uh, Shinobi Ninja Princess is coming out in August. Finally! Oh, okay. Because I, you know, he's been like, he's been really productive. Like the last yeah. time I was like, what is going on? He's been, he's been working on, he's been working on these six issues. He's, he has all six issues done. So they will ship on time. That's another thing that, that we pride ourselves on, especially lately because we've had some, some, uh, lateness issues in the past, but now part of our, our, uh, operating procedure is that the mini series is produced in its entirety before the first issue ships. Yeah, I like that better. Yeah. Just to, I mean, if I if I were the creator, I would just feel so much more less less pressure about the situation. Like you know, it's I can't, I can't imagine being under the gun. It, it's tough. I'm I'm under the gun right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little. I mean, I know I know that's like the norm. I, and... I don't like it. I, I I have to be honest. I I really don't like it because it, it it's not a healthy way to live. And yeah, it's you know it's great when you're 25, but when you're 42, not so. I <laughs> know, right? Like, no. <laughs> like you just want to you know, you want to have your schedule. You want to come home at the you know at the end of the day. Right. You want to know that the the dinner's going to be ready at six. And <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big difference. But even you know even with my non comics work, sometimes it's the the same way. I had to do a last minute job last week, and it was kind of the same thing. But um, so yeah, so Shinobi Ninja Princess is. is finally coming out, number one. And then we've got uh, Scum of the Earth, which was one of our digital first titles, and the second issue of that is uh, shipping. It's, it's a bi-monthly series. Uh, it's by a writer named Mark Bertolini and an artist named uh, Rob Cronenborough. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, actually. I took a look at it. It's not necessarily something that I would do as a creator, but it's, it's pretty fun stuff. Yeah, I, I remember I, I got to chat with um, I don't know if I can't remember now if the artist was there. I don't think he was. I, I got to chat with Mark at um mm-hmm. at one of those shows, yeah. and it was, you know, and it's one of these things where I'm just like, I know you from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always the way though? <laughs> it's always it's like it is my opening line for everything now. It's, it's usually like I'll meet people and they go, hey, you know, we're Facebook friends. And this is like, yeah. do we talk all – because there are certain people on Facebook, like you, you and I talk all the time. All the time, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it's like Facebook like hides 98% of your people. Yeah, that's, that's true too. That's, <laughs> so, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, so there's people that I don't – I'm like, how do I know you? <laughs> it's like, oh, we were in a – what we were in a costume shoot one time eight years ago? No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did like on Twitter recently get contacted by a guy that I went to grade school with, um, Cliff Charles, who has been a DP for Spike Lee for like the last ten years. Wow. <laughs> I've like I've completely like and when you completely lose track of people, and I think it was probably the same thing with him. Like he tried, he he got in contact with me and I was like, Is this Jamal from PS blah blah blah? I was like, Yeah. Is Clifford? I was like, Yeah, man, how you doing? So <laughs> I was like, Oh crap, you you know, I was like, Look at what you did <laughs> Oh man. 
But yeah, I mean, that was he was the guy that you know when we were kids, we were the we were the guys who would hide under our desk drawing comic books in class. So yeah. <laughs> that's what I you know I I bet up in my attic I've still got um like my old portfolio um, of like comics and paintings and stuff. I'm sure it's up there, probably filled with stink bugs, uh, but <laughs> I'm sure it's up there. I don't feel bad. My wife still has her portfolio. You know her comics portfolio. She hasn't. You know she doesn't draw as often as she, I personally think she should because I think she's very talented. She doesn't. Yeah, she, I was gonna say she's she's a creative. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's awesome. But, uh, <laughs> we'll put we'll pull her in. Yeah, she uh, will get the Kool Aid at some point. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. She's. I think being married to me and being with me for like the last eight years, I think she's she's kind of. She does it. Like she's seen me at like four o'clock in the morning like hang, slamming my head against the desk going I've got to finish this I've got to finish this <laughs> <laughs> but she she handles it man yeah. she handles you she handles Katie yeah exactly she's 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 a marvel she really is that's cool I mean that's like it's she would be like the the muse like she sounds like she's the type of person that you would base a character on Oh, I have, I've, I've stuck her in stuff, and, and there's definitely pieces of her, you know, in Molly Danger, and there's pieces of Katie in Molly Danger as well, just, you know, personality-wise. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're they're definitely in there. And it's actually funny because the people who who know us, who are friends of my wife, like, there were a bunch of people when we had the uh, the launch party last year after New York Comic Con, there were a bunch of her friends who would look at the cover of the book and they'd look at me and go, so did you base this on Corinne or did you base this on Katie? And I'd look and was like, does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> like either way, does it matter? It's a fusion. Yeah, exactly. It's like Katie's mini-me. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is. There's just this influence. It's, um it's a normal thing to do. This, this is this is very true. This is which is which is funny because in a good way I think that my attitude towards Molly and my attitude towards, you know, how women are depicted in comics is sort of is very much shaped by my relationships with them and my relationship with my mom and my sisters and with my nieces. So I, especially, you know, over the last, you know, 10, 12 years where I've, I've found myself more and more involved with, you know, female orient, female oriented projects. And, you know, it, 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 they're definitely a big part of shaping you know, my, my take on it and which wasn't a bad take in the first place. You know, I, you know, I, you know, my, but it helps you grow. It does. I mean, it, it, it certainly does. And cause I mean like one of your creators, Jeremy uh, Whitley, mm-hmm. um, we met up, she's, Oh, awesome con. Right. And I got to meet his wife Right. and she and I just had a blast. Oh yeah. No, Alicia's awesome. <laughs> and you know, so it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. So it's like, it's like, we're, we're like not even talking comics. It's like, we're just, we're just bonding. We're just having this human moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then I can go on to his, you know, when I see his tweets now and, and he's big on Tumblr too. Right. And he, you know, very, 
I don't want to. It sounds so bad to say feminist agenda because right. it sounds like such a bad word. No, I don't think it's necessarily anything anything wrong but with then, it. But but it's a platform. Right. Like it's a it's a. I'm a dude and I'm speaking out. Right. Um. Because you know because of this and it's like it's one of those things where I'm like I'm like okay do we need do we need the men to come save us? Well, on the other hand, it's really good to have the support. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but that's, and that's where, in other, cause Jeremy, Jeremy and I get along pretty well. And, but I think that's one of the points where we sort of divert. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I can't call myself a feminist because I don't know what it feels like to be a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never been in that position and I've never been in that in in the types of situations where you know a woman would feel that she is being exploited or abused in that manner so I can't I can't go there you know in my, mm-hmm. in my head all I can do is try to be as sympathetic as possible for the, from for from my experience because my experience is very very different and it's going to be very going to be very different you know I don't normally you know get catcalled for example <laughs> 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 that's, that's just not a part of I've had my ass pinched a couple of times but <laughs> you know, it's a couple you know it's it a, is sweet week you know it, you can go up to the city yeah. <laughs> You know, so I I I can't I don't go from it from that perspective. My you know my and this is the way that I I was raised. You know my you know I was raised by a single mother. You know who was a very strong woman. You know emotionally and in some cases physically. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, but I was raised that uh, on a platform of respect more than anything else. And it doesn't mean that I, that the, the, the impulses, the natural impulses that I have have to be, you know, pushed aside completely, but I don't allow that to interfere with treating other people, both men and women, with the highest level of respect at all times, and it, and it sounds weird. I mean, it, it's and that's basically what it comes down to. It's just it's a matter of respecting everybody as individuals and respecting everybody for who they are as a person, and knowing that I can't fully understand different people's points of view, but I respect that they have them. And I, and I respect that they have the right to go through their lives without being abused or feeling molested or feeling maligned as I do. Well, I think that's, um, that's been a really big point, just having empathy right. with uh, the LGBT community mm-hmm. that's been coming up a lot and um, and – you know, feminism, they they tend to somehow be politically aligned. Right. Um, and, you know, like we've got more states 
getting marriage equality. Oh, which which I'm a hundred percent for, you know. And but that you know, but that's the thing. It's like it's like it doesn't. When you have empathy, that doesn't mean that you're placing these people saying, "Oh, they deserve more." Right. It's not saying it's it's not an entitlement thing. It's saying it's saying I feel for you. Right. And you know, and nobody should be going through this. Right. You know, I you never, know that's I why never that's, what understand what it means to be a gay man in the United States. Yeah, but, like this is why there's no, you know, there's no heterosexual pride day because you don't need it. Yes, there is. It's called the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until the halftime show. Yeah, that's then, no. <laughs> but wasn't Bruno Mars fabulous? He really, you know, he's actually he's, he, he is. I actually I was uh, I was on YouTube and I found a clip of him at like six years old from <laughs> Like in a little Elvis outfit, performing with his family. Aww, <laughs> <laughs> that's too cute. It's like little Ricky Martin. Yeah, basically, like when he, like, basically, I remember Ricky. I had uh, one of my my aunt Janet's kids. Her, her daughter Lisa was a huge Menudo fan back in the day, oh, so gosh. I remember Ricky Martin. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, he's something. He, <laughs> he is something indeed. I've I have played I've played some Ricky Martin loudly at times. Oh my goodness! All right, Jamal, this has been amazing. Oh, thank you. We've run the gamut of emotions, and I appreciate that you allowed that oh, to no happen. No problem. <laughs> I enjoy talking to you. You know that. That's great. So, where's uh, is San Diego your next stop then? Because we're in the end of May. So we're in the end of May. So yeah, I think San Diego is my since I'm not doing any shows in June. Although knowing me, something will come up. But <laughs> so yeah, San, okay. San Diego, then uh, uh, Connecticut Comic Con in August. Uh, looks like I might be going to Fan Expo as well. And I may even we're trying to work out the details, but Action Lab and myself will probably be at Pittsburgh Comic Con in September. Okay, that's a good lineup. It, it's yeah, it, and that's just up until September. There's still other stuff going on. There's things, yeah. there's, there's and there's things that are in motion that haven't been finalized yet, and you know. You know, like I said, I'm going to Tacoma, Washington at the end of the year. Um, you know, there's, there's all, there's, I, I'm, I'm earning those frequent flyer miles. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> it's the glamorous life of comics exactly. that everybody wants. Exactly. Although, the, as my friend Carolyn likes to remind me, you know, 20 years ago, this was exactly what I wanted. And now that yeah. I, now that I have it, I occasionally complain, but it's a good complaint. It is. You know, it's a lot. A lot of people will be like that. Yeah. They're like, you know, they might grip, bitch about deadlines, and then, then they're like, you know, I really just need to shut the hell yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel guilty about that too, actually, because like, every so often, like, you know, I, I, you know, as all artists do, you know, you you look at your work and you wonder if it's any good, and, or you know, why you do what you do, but then you have to remind yourself that. There are million, literally millions of people who would love to be in the position that I've found myself in, and I am blessed for that. Yeah, and it's you know it's really cool when there's like there's some like really inspiring creators out there, um, you know, uh, 
it's, it seems like it's like any given time yeah. that you can just like find the words of encouragement just to somebody that's like really chill and they're they're busy and they but they've reached some sort of some uh, I don't know like homeostasis right with the, with balance, <laughs> just like balancing everything this is true and there's just and it's like Dean Haspiel is one of these guys yeah and you know I I can like go up to him at a show and be about to snap and he's just like you know he's sort of got that Sean Pryor thing right. he's just like you know he's like it'll be all right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but okay. again, Dean is one of those guys. He's he's been doing this so long. I remember Dean's first work. Like the this is you know the first thing that he ever did that I saw was like a fill-in story in an issue of Justice League back uh, wow. back in uh, back in the '80s. <laughs> 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 and I I remind him of that every once in a while. But you know, look at how you know, you look at how far he's come and how. You know, he's taken his bumps and bruises along the way, just like we all have. But, you know, I, I like to think that if you can come out of the come out on the other side a little bit stronger because of it, then, you know, you're not doing half bad. And it doesn't really matter how many bumps or bruises you take. You know, if you're if you have the ability to to get up the next day and keep moving, then mm-hmm. you're all right. Yeah, yeah. So find find those people, whatever your platform, if it's, you know, Tumblr, Twitter or whatever, you know, find them, follow them, latch on and, you know, and just embrace it. Exactly. Because you know? uh, it just sometimes it's just really helpful to like it's like those little meaningful quotes that get you through the day. And sometimes <laughs> you need the really humorous ones, too. That's true. You know, like Andy Parks and <laughs> Phil Hester. <laughs> Their bromance is remarkable. I just, you know, I'm constantly inviting myself to their conversations. Andy says hi, by the way. Oh, tell him I said I haven't seen him since Dallas. All right. Yeah, I, I have to give him a talk. I have to talk to him at some point, but because uh, I need him to, you know, I would love for him and Phil to do something for us. That that's basically yeah. that's, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, when I saw him, I need to pester him again. I I approve of this message, <laughs> <laughs> and I will somehow worm my way, in there, <laughs> even if it's just like a cameo appearance. No in the problem. <laughs> um, because I I just I adore them. They're great. Yeah, no, they are they are awesome, and they have you know they've always treated me kindly. Cool. Well, I will not be at San Diego, but I will definitely like be running into you somewhere. Oh, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Uh, I'll pop over to to New York undoubtedly, and um, even in the fall. But I'll be I'll be at that June show because I want to check it out. I'm curious about it. Yeah, let me know how that goes. I, you know, I'm sure people will will be will, will fill me in. But yeah, I, I'd love I'd love to hear your perspective on it. All right. All right, Jamal. Um, last thing, let's get some links so people know where to find you and follow you. Okay. I, pretty much, if you just type in Jamal Eigel, J-A-M-A-L-I-G-L-E, you can find me. I'm on yeah. Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Tumblr. I have a uh, my own webpage, which is jamaleigel.com. You can check out mollydanger.com to see all things Molly Danger. And, of course, there's actionlabcomics.com. 
Absolutely. And then, yeah, and that's a good way, like, to, once you start seeing, following the Action Lab stuff or finding the Action Lab page, you can see, like, the names of all the creators and um, just start following them because there's uh, there's so many different kinds of people and they're, they're all really fabulous. Um, all right. Well, thanks again, Jamal. Have a, have a good uh, Memorial Day long weekend there on your travels. Yeah, you too. And uh, guys, don't forget, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber. And that the website is 18plusamberunmasked.com. Um, if you have any questions and feedback, just shoot them my way. I'll be more than happy to get back to you. Please be nice. <laughs> and cheers. <laughs>